welcome to this lovely supplemental session of the Undersiders podcast. The second uh, of its kind, sort of. A little, maybe. Well, the second supplemental session, but the first of its kind, and you will see soon. As it is not just I, your DM, Jason, today. It is one of our illustrious members of the party. Go ahead, introduce yourself. Hello. I'm Luke, and I play Hunter. Indeed you do, and you shall be controlling him today. As the party settles down for the evening, as the day dwindles, and as the... <clears throat> pardon. As moonlight streams through the trees of the Bryn Wildland, Hunter, you find yourself apart from the party for a split second. Somewhat in your own castle, as it were. Hmm. So, are there any specific things during the evening that we would find Hunter doing, or not really? Um, he... There are no rituals as such. Um, hmm. Probably just doing over that memory. Hmm. That memory. Hmm. Interesting little tidbit. <laughs> so... This memory sits on your mind, sinks into it. What exactly is Hunter recalling? So, this was the memory about having worked with Oscar. The pronunciation there might be a bit off, but... <laughs> right. So, having worked with Oscar. Interesting. <laughs> the memory itself sinks even further into your consciousness, pervades it almost in a, in a sense. And as the weariness of the day clings to your bones and settles within them just as pervasively, you find yourself elsewhere. No longer in the waking world are you. Hmm. And assured of this, you are. <laughs> Don't know why I'm speaking like Yoda there, but <laughs> we'll roll <laughs> Whatever with Whatever works. Assured of this you are by the settings that surround you. Emin eminently familiar, immediately calming, and yet alien in atmosphere. You find yourself surrounded by slabs of marble adorning the floor. Limestone or other s forms of crystalline rock rising around you. As though you were in some sort of hall, grand hall, or, or, hmm. temple. Um, iron rot, hmm. uh, excuse me, iron rot bars stand resolutely in front of windows that sit very much high above your, uh, above yourself. And while there is no light within this refuge, within this monastery, uh, you can see perfectly clear. Ahead of you, there are rows and rows of pews, and an altar sits to the far end of you, probably about, oh, 60 yards away. And as you cast your eyes towards the ceiling, there seems to be no roof, whether it's because that's shrouded in darkness or because the building itself is simply too tall, you're not entirely sure. Right. Um, hmm. Okay, so what I'm picturing is more or less a church. Are there any symbols of a specific god? 
as your eyes are cast towards the uh, inside of this place, I'd like you to go ahead and roll a perception check. Okay. Sure, I'm great at these. <laughs> yeah, that's an eight. That's <laughs> an eight. Okay. Um, there are no specific symbols that adorn the sort of obvious places. Nothing on the windows, nothing on the um, walls that you scan, at least. However, you are admittedly not that far within the grand space itself. Mm. However, uh, with an eight, yeah, you'd probably notice this. As you look down upon your person, you you seem a bit different. The time that you spent away from Gaia had trained your mind, trained your body. And as you look down, this is not the body of somebody who has been uh, given a, a resolve of steel. This is not the body of somebody who was tasked by your mentor to undo all evils, root out all corruption. Right. It's almost as if the century that you had spent under tutelage had only just begun. Physically, but not mentally? Or... Physically, you resemble this. Your mind mm. is still your own, to your... to your recollection, at least at this point. Right. This is just a dream. Um... Yeah, I'll head further inside. Sorry about that, just... Letting it's a plane. <laughs> God damn it. Alright. So, heading further inside. Mm. Alright. So, you press into this grand illuminated place, and your eyes cast themselves to the pews that surround you. Tell me what your passive perception is. Uh, nine. Nine. Okay, so that's one. And that's... So, for a moment on the right side, you notice nothing. Uh, nothing catches your eye in particular. Though the pews themselves seem relatively undisturbed, uh, the cobwebs that run in between them so intricately, sort of obscuring and obfuscating your vision. You look to your left, and while there seems to be a sort of similarity... In terms of aesthetic, the nature of this becomes a little bit more apparent as you see within it shadows dance and dart between these cobwebs and between these spaces. Mm. For a moment, you almost swear that one takes a pointed look at you and then fades very quickly. The shadows are not humanoid. The shadows are not really discernible by any physical entity, and yet it almost shared a glance with you. Right. You've, as you have walked down this immense place, a rumble sort of emanates from above, below. Make a perception check. Okay. Five. <laughs> the darkness becomes a little bit more oppressive, and your peripheral vision darkens and gives you almost a bit of a tunnel vision. Okay. Only only now are you able to see the altar properly. 
excuse me, above it hangs a symbol that you are eminently unfamiliar with. The altar itself seems to be a mix of rotted wood and dark stone, foreboding and dripping with evil in aura. You almost see radiating from this place like a ring of rust that slowly floats above and swirls around the top of this altar. Hmm. Um, does this seem right from what I can remember, or...? Uh, that would be a history check. Okay. Something I'm actually good at. Never mind, that's a five. <laughs> a, a five, you say? Yep. Given that this, uh, uh, given that I feel really bad for you, go ahead and roll for advantage. Sure, I'll take it. Um, uh, 19. Okay, thank God. You had just been whisked away from your home on this plane of existence to another place, another point in time and space that transformed you, that you were transformed by, more accurately. Mm. Your mentor, did they have a name? Not one that I was given. We didn't have the best relationship. Mm. Was that born from hard-headedness, or where did that failure in relationship come from? Um, I'd say somewhat hard-headedness. Um, a lot of Almost that teenage thing where you get pushed and so push back. Kind of a retaliatory sort of attitude towards authority. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Teenage rebellion, as it were. Yeah. Okay. And looking back, especially with such clear eyes as you recall this sort of, <clears throat> pardon, this sort of mission, was that rebellion justified or was that simply... A character trait that was inherent to you? Um, a bit of both, I mm. think. So, in what sense was it justified? <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't thought too haven't. much about this in quite a while. Um, no, no worries. No, it's fine. Uh, I'd say there is wanting to improve people and then. Hmm. It's... Oh, hmm. This is complicated. Uh, <laughs> it would be how pushy he was with things, I think. Hmm. I was uh, trying to put that in a do. smart way, and it did not. <laughs> no worries. When you say he, I'm assuming you mean the mentors uh, themselves? Hmm. Okay. So, and I suppose it's it's sort of easy to surmise how it's unjustified. You see now what the powers that you've been given. You see now yeah. the training and instruction that you received. Mm. Yet, you did not see that back in the days. Yeah. So, the instruction that you received from your mentor was not, shall we say, the most comforting. It was not littered with flowery language or given to compassion or understanding. No. The mentor was, well, strictly that. There was no familial relation fostered, 
no acknowledgement of anything closer. You were taught what you needed to be taught because you needed to be taught it. Mm. Definitely, yeah. And indeed, those lessons come into play somewhat now, as you feel the darkness encroach upon you once again. This time, in a manner a little more physical. What's your armor class? Ooh, that's an 11. An 11, okay. Ouch. Uh, so that's gonna be a lot. Um, it's a 19 on the die, so I don't think that I need to ask. Does that hit? No. No, you don't need to ask. Jeez. I'm, you know, I'm, I just ask. So, from the darkness you feel this terrible, almost like hooked claw dig into your back. Uh, let's see, this would probably be, uh, yeah, this, uh, uh, do well. So let's see. With it, you feel nine points of necrotic damage sink into the flesh and rot whatever is beneath your armor. Okay, this hasn't come up before. Um, do you round down or up when halving things? Because I get resistance to necrotic. Ooh! Let's say uh, we round up for damage in terms of that. So that'll be five points? Yeah, five points of necrotic damage. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So it seems that you have learned at least a few of the lessons in your rebellion. You feel the claw sink, and even though the corruption spreads, it only does so slightly. Mm. Okay. So, that is one of the claws that comes at you. Oh boy. However, as this was not a surprise, I will give you... Uh, I'll give you a reaction and say... Hmm. What would what do you wish to do as you see another shadow sort of form in your peripheral, preparing to strike? So I can see them coming. Um. Absolutely, yes. Uh, I haven't gotten to do this yet. Okay. Um. So I am going to use radiant consumption. Um. So basically, I give off. 20 feet of light and anyone within 10 feet of me takes radiant damage equal to half my level. Okay, so half your level would be two points of damage? Uh, rounding up, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll say two points. Um, so, it is, it is not as brilliant as you have seen perpetrated before by your mentor and even the people that you studied with. But in this encroaching darkness, that flash of light is more than enough. The stinging light drapes across the skin of both of these shadowy entities. And indeed, you see their forms laid bare, almost as if they were nothing but sanguinous and rotted skeletons draped in black cloth. Hmm. It, the radiant damage does a little bit more than you had anticipated, though, as you see it singes uh, a bit of the ratty, um, rattier portions of the clothes of these beings, whatever they are. Hmm. Okay. I'd like you to roll initiative now. <laughs> yep. Alrighty. Hmm. So that's that. Uh, that's a 14. 
just just below them. Damn. Okay. Damn. All right. Noting exactly the purpose of your presence, very succinctly, given the fact that you just basically let off a flashbang in the middle of their mm. uh, of their place of worship. This will be an attack. One attack for both of them. So that's the... What was your armor class again? 11. Okay. So, yep. Okay, so again, one hits. Uh, it The same one that took a swing at you early had its claws digged into your back. It's recoiled because of the light and now swings overhand. Striking down on you. It is less than effective. Um, okay. Only... One point of necrotic damage comes from these violent flailings. The mm. other one has clutched its eyes in horror and agony as a sort of cacophonous, dissonant scream reverberates off the lovingly crafted um, walls of this place. They are both laid before you. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll cast Guiding Bolt. Sure. Okay, guiding bolt on which uh, one? The one on your right or the one on your left? The... the one on your right has been really screwing you up. Yeah, the one that's been hitting me. Yeah. All right. So. Ooh, Jesus. Uh, that is <laughs> plus six. Uh, 23. Yeah, shadow skeletons. Surprisingly not that hard to hit. Go ahead and roll for damage. Um, how many... Not had to cast anything in a while. Uh, eleven damage. Eleven, and that's radiant. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> still trying to figure out the extent of your power. You extend the. Well, how are you casting guiding bolt? Um, is this just straight from your hand? Is this from your weapon? Like, this would probably be. From the ring that I mentioned ages ago. Ah, yes, I remember. Mm. So, extending the hand with the the ring on it, almost shielding your yourself from the manic blows of this creature, you sort of punch the spell out as a bolt rockets past and through the chest cavity of this thing. It collapses in on itself, and you see this skeletal form sort of rip and rend at its cloth trying to evade it the inevitable as it slowly coalesces and collapses into a singular almost like a black pearl and then shatters mm. the other one undaunted by this display still approaches you with renewed ferocity at the death of its friend uh just hit with an 11 yeah mm. and with that that's uh, nah I dropped that back uh, it's going to be a five halved to a three. So three points of necrotic damage come as a swipe lands on your cheek and rends a bit of the skin. Okay. The stinging sensation crawls across your face, pulses for a moment, and then stills as the necrotic energy is not as effective as I thought it would be. Mm. <laughs> I don't suppose I was supposed to go down here. So, <laughs> I'm assuming that means you're out of health? Uh, no, I'm I'm good. 
I was just wondering if that was what you intended, and me having resistance is sort of... Why don't you tell me what you're going to do for your turn? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, hmm. Uh, I will cast Ray of Frost this time, sure. Okay. So, extending your hand once more, the ring, instead of filling the room with brilliant light, shoots out an icy beam. Go ahead and tell me what you rolled. So, that's a 14? Yep, that hits. Nice. Uh, D8. Six cold damage. Six cold damage. So, in the immediate, you see the cold slam into sort of the, the lower body of this skeletal figure. Its leg sort of seizes up as cold grips at it. Its eyes, well... It's eye sockets, more accurately. Look down and try to scratch at the ice that begins to form, getting some of it on its hands as a result. It heads... It heads butts you? Blah, 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 blah. It head butts at you. Uh, manically... Let's say that. Uh, that was a bit cocked. That wasn't. Okay. So, head butt. Bup, bup, bup. Three points have to two. So, two points of necrotic damage comes once more as the sort of mangled teeth of this entity scrape against your neck. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm still good, just about. Uh, and this is the only one that's still, a, that's still around? Yes, the only one that you can see. Okay. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'll try sacred flame so it has to make a deck saving throw oh boy um bup, bup, bup. <laughs> oh, darn it that was so close to a 15 <laughs> yeah that's gonna be a seven okay well it fails yeah 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 i'd say that's pretty bad so uh, um uh six radiant okay so that's interesting um, as this sacred flame emanates from your form and envelops this creature, the flames itself aren't exactly a natural color. They seem to, at least in this light, form a bit of a purplish or aquamarine hue. They sort of interchange and intersperse as it lights the shadowy cloth of a flame and the bones themselves begin to sort of charcoal and crack. It is still standing. It is on its last legs, I will say that. Hmm. But with one more wild swing, it simply whiffs over you completely. Amazing. As a cacophony of sensations wash over its very primitive form. Um, then I'll do Sacred Flame again. Yeah. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Go ahead and roll for attack. Uh, no, that's or no the, dexterity yeah. save. Uh, well, get get um uh 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 yeah. So that's a one plus uh yeah. So it fails. Mm. <laughs> and I rolled max damage. <laughs> uh, suffice it to say, the barbecue that you'd started ends pretty abruptly in similar fashion although mixed with this sort of 
collapsing of itself, there seems to be a, a world of holy fire that surrounds this black pearl. And <laughs> instead of just evaporating into dust, the flames itself eat away at it till it is nothing. Right. For your own portion of it, I need you to make a perception check. Okay. Uh, eight. Eight. Yep. Yeah. Well, your vision has cleared slightly, and indeed, as you sort of look, the pews themselves have slightly lightened. However, as you turn back to the altar, you notice that portion of this grand cathedral has still remained in darkness. The symbol, I guess more clearly you can see that the symbol uh, that sits atop this altar seems to be carved out of obsidian and rest upon it, it's, rest upon its own sort of pedestal. Mm. Could I make a religion check? Uh, if you so desire. Yeah. Jesus, 13? Okay, not bad. <laughs> I've rolled Certainly about not bad. five nines. Oh dear. Okay, so, the good news is, you do recognize the symbol. It seems to be three triangles, um, sort of crude in construction, uh, and forming a bit of a... How can I explain it? Sort of like a tripod in and of itself. Um, they are separate, crimson in hue, and the top one seems to have a hole punched through it. Again, this is sort of, uh, excuse me, uh, what is it called? Again, this is sort of an obsidian rock that this, uh, that this entire, um, bu -bu -bu. hang on, <sighs> jeez, just trying to get the symbol. Again, this is an obsidian rock that this altar is constructed on, however, it is separated by a pedestal of what seems to be dark iron or steel with swirling patterns set within it and on top of it is this symbol of Asmodeus bong, bong, bong. and there you see the symbol itself right and I'm assuming I know who that is indeed you do Asmodeus hmm is in stark opposition to the wills and instructions of your mentor. He is the god of evil, the lord of hell, or at least, well, one of the lords of hell. Obviously, demons have a bit more of a bureaucracy than some care to admit. Asmodeus himself is concerned with conquering, is concerned with control, is concerned with subservience, and, well, given that he is here, on this plane of existence, that is very much a worrying sign. As you recall this symbol, and as its meaning is imparted upon you, you suddenly remember exactly what your mentor had prescribed you to do. To confirm or otherwise disprove the presence or lack thereof of Asmodeus and his faithful. Back on Kaya. No, here, in this present moment. Ah, right. Um, is it... I need you to roll, uh, just, just real quick. I need you to roll an Arcana check. Okay, yeah. Uh, oh my god. Eight. Okay. You, you haven't learned much, but you did learn 
this much. <laughs> On this plane of existence, in opposition to Gaia, the rules concerning magical enchantment are a little more straightforward. The magics of an entity are usually imparted upon weaponry or symbols of power, and you know the bare bones of it. If you destroy the vessel of power, you release the power itself and the vessel becomes inert. Essentially, all you have to do to eliminate the effigy's sort of uh, influence is smash it. Mm, but that's not what I was told to do. You were told to confirm or deny, after investigations, the presence of Asmodeus. What you do from there is your decision. Hmm. Um, so I'm still mentally, like, current. Um, is there enough of a rebellious streak for me to, like... Hmm. I would like for you to make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, good. Okay. I don't have much time to think. That's good to know. Uh, ten. Okay. You don't even recognize how it happened. Almost like a slideshow, you are at least 30 yards away from the altar. And on oh. the next slide, you are immediately before it. Your eyes sort oh. of clasped onto the effigy itself. The rust swirls and coalesces and emanates, radiating across the top of this altar. What do you wish to do? So, it just pulled me closer, but I'm not sure what did. Make a history check. Okay. Uh, 15? You do remember this event, but you can't remember how it ends. Your mentor had been a little bit shorter than usual, ordered you to investigate a fringe assignment that really wasn't that interesting, or, <laughs> at least in your eyes at first, that credible. But now, face to face with the first symbol of evil that you have witnessed on this plane, under his tutelage, you have a decision to make. And what decision do you make? So I don't know what it is that pulled me closer. You you can't remember if you gravitated towards it, if you were pulled towards it, okay. or drawn to it. It was just, you were, the, you were far away from it, and then, sort of flashback style, you were closer. Hmm. Uh, can I try and take the symbol... Down from the wall. <coughs> Excuse me. You mean from the uh, the pedestal on the altar? Yeah, yeah, my bad. No worries. Um, constitution saving throw. Okay. Uh, oh, wow, that's an eight. Okay. From from the altar, the, the bits of rust launch themselves at your wrists and hands as you reach out to grab this entity. Um, a corruption sort of spreads, but not in the fashion that you expect. Two points of poisoning damage. Okay. Poisoning damage. Mm. Two points of poison damage um, seeps into your bloodstream as you feel your hands reach out towards this entity. Though that is the only effect, and you still have your hands over the altar. Okay. Uh, does it seem like trying to pull it down would cause a similar thing to happen? It does. Mm. Okay. 
I can't keep taking damage. Um, Split second decision. <laughs> do you grab it and smash it, or do you relent? Uh, can I try and cast something on it? What are you trying to cast? Uh, let's try Guiding Bolt. Sure. Okay. Yeah, you can certainly try to cast Guiding Bolt. So as the rust surrounds your hands and sort of eats away at your flesh, the ring alights once more. Go ahead and roll for attack. Okay. Um, 19? Yeah. Surprisingly, <laughs> this uh, completely still st statuesque sort of symbol, really not that hard to hit. Go ahead and roll for damage. Okay. Um... Uh, 13 Radiant. Okay. As it slams into the surface of this symbol, it's within the middle of the three triangles themselves, and as you see it glow hot and white, the rust itself dissipates and disappears. Your hands uh, no longer stung by its poison. And yet, as the intensity of this light increases, two... Excuse me. Two cracks splinter off, with a third going down in the middle, completely trisecting this symbol. A moment passes. The bolt digs further and further into the heart of this statue, and then fades. The statue itself, after a moment, falls to pieces, falls to rubble. The rust itself scatters. The shadows dissipate. But as they dissipate... I need you to roll a perception check. Okay. Uh... Ooh, 18. What languages do you speak? Uh, common Celestial Abyssal. Mm. You hear a voice emanate from the shadows. You cannot divine its intentions or its, its um, excuse me, its intonation, but just as quickly as the darkness fades... So too does your memory of what it said. Oh, okay. Um, so all the darkness around here is gone now? Taking a look, indeed. You finally see the ceiling of this place, and a brilliant light cascades through the, the windows. The iron-wrought bars actually have faded to rust as well, and now simply mar the floor with a sort of red dust or red hue. This place is cleansed, free from the influence of Asmodeus. Hmm. Okay. Um, is there anything around that looks noteworthy? Um, Make it one last perception check. Okay. Ten. Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. Right, but I'm still <laughs> here. Um, hmm. Indeed. Um... Uh... Your vision blurs once again. Mercifully, I will do this. <laughs> okay. Your vision your vision blurs once again. You remember this event quite clearly and quite succinctly. You also remember the reprisals visited upon you for disobeying a direct order. Mm. The mentor was quite clear. Confirm or deny the existence of Asmodeus on this plane. He chastises you. The words you can't quite remember... But they were angry and in celestial. Hmm. And as 
as the light of his brilliance radiates around you in an angry fashion, the words become more muddled. You're hearing a little bit less attentive, your eyes a little bit more wary. And as they drift open into the waking world, you see a shaft of light from between the treetops of the Bryn Wildlands, and it pierces your eyes most unpleasantly. Morning has come, without incident, without disturbance. You are back on Gaia. It is nearly a century later, and as you look to your companions, it seems you still have much to learn. (laughs) Interesting. Okay. Interesting indeed. Interesting indeed. So I think that's it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that was was good. Hmm. Indeed. And we'll see how that plays out for you. Uh, Actually, one more history check. Oh, okay. Eleven. It's faint. You don't understand the meaning of it. But you do remember the name. The name or the word, you're not entirely sure. Vutsra. Okay. It is the only thing that sticks to your mind this morning, as indeed time has passed. This is and something that the voice in the temple said? Yes. Okay. The one thing that you remember, and that's it. Ah, hmm. <sighs> man. <laughs> this was good. Yeah, that was... Um, hmm. Yeah, we'll see how that works out. I'll record a bit of a... <laughs> <laughs> I'll record a bit of an introduction so that we don't just throw this at people mm. uh, randomly. Fair. But we thank you everyone so much for sticking around for this supplemental session. Um, your listenership is always appreciated. Uh, we apologize for the uh, lack of content. There's been a bit of uh, <laughs> a bit of a bit of a schedule finagling that we've been making our way through. But we thank you for your patience we thank you for your uh audience and as always i have been jason the dm and i've been luke playing hunter and this has been the undersiders podcast supplemental session second of name first of its kind hopefully more in the future (laughs) thank you everyone and we will see y'all later adios and take care bye 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 Bye. 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 No AC. No fan. Minimal background noise. Uh. All right. <sighs> getting in the headspace. Mm-hmm.